0: Attention all podcasts of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. The
1: Intergalactic Boombox. I'll play
2: along with the charade. There doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute.
0: I want to tell her that I love her. But the point's probably moved. Cause she's watching him with those eyes. But she's loving him with that body. I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms. Late, late at night. You know, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that
2: I had Jessie's girl. Where can I find a woman like that? Everybody give it up for Marky Mark. And the a cappella symphony orchestra, our own resident funky bunch. It's a terrible Mark Wahlberg. Anyway. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox, the finest spaceship the 1970s had to offer. I'm Kyle Hebert, an L.A.-based voice actor, best known from Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach, Street Fighter... This is the only geek and pop culture review news podcast about old and new stuff hosted by a guy who talks to himself and pretends he's on a spaceship inhabited by a bunch of other
0: characters. Oi, 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 wait a tick. Yeah. You're saying we are figments of your imagination? Figment. And yes, you are. Dude, you are seriously damaging
2: my calm. Chiggles, not now.
0: Allow me to retort. They make pills for that, you know. Look,
2: gets. I'm just trying to get through the intro. Proceed. Gracias. The question of the week. Are you excited for the new Rescue Rangers movie on Disney Plus? Oh, 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 can we help out? All right, fine.
0: Cool, let me crinkle the paper. Why? Gotta get some ASMR up in here. Oh, God. New Year says hesitant to fully judge it. Gonna watch it first. Okay. Rod AI says not interested. Lack of nostalgia notwithstanding, uh-huh. it just doesn't really look like it's worth the investment. Right, okay. Adam Rose says I don't know what to think. It looks wild. Might turn out to be a good thing, though. Huh? The McRantor says this is the weirdest reboot of Bonkers ever. What? Chris Arthur says I'm getting Space Jam 2 vibes yeah, yeah. Ryoshi Haru Harusama says I'm kind of fatigued From seeing pop culture films Taking place in different universes Multiverses mm-hmm. It was cool at first But now it's been an overused concept And highly redundant yeah, okay. Mikey says I'm so excited Looks great
2: uh, Jay says, I'll give it a shot. Well, let me chime in here. Fellow voice actor Lex Lang. He said he did a couple of bit parts on it, and it looks fun. Future Reality Design says, We're waiting on the hashtag Gadget
0: Hack Ranch reveal before passing judgment. What is that? Diana Talk says, I was a huge Rescue Ranger fan as a kid and still love the show to this very day. This new movie isn't Chip and Dale, it has nothing to do with the Rescue Rangers. I was excited and scared mm-hmm. when I heard they were making it. Trailer totally turn me off mm. i
2: won't be seeing it all right thanks everybody for chiming in at boombox pod now it's time for our new no question what is your dream job I want to be voicing on a huge cartoon series that becomes like this huge pop culture sensation. Now don't get me wrong, I'm totally, totally proud and blessed to have done anime and video game work over the past 22 years. And I've done some cartoon stuff, but not as much as I would like. No lead, you know what I'm saying? What's your dream job, Gitz? Oh, that's easy. I just dream about sleeping all day. Oh, that's
0: brilliant. Okay, man. uh... Shiggles? Oh, I'd like to be a Swedish door-to-door trombone salesman by day. Whoa! Who is secretly a sour cream dispenser <laughs> at Taco Bell. Except a sour cream is actually shaving cream. Now that's the good life. Follow
2: your dream, guys. What is your dream job? At me, at Boombox Pod.
1: 10 Second Theater presents Doctor Strange 2. Dump.
2: Hey, Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Um, it makes Marvel a lot of money.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm in the movie! I'm in the
2: movie! Yes, yeah, so am I! Yeah, me too! Pants uh, are gonna need a change of pants when they realize I'm in the movie.
0: Ew. Ah, yeah, these effects are awesome!
1: Skittles, the movie. Uh, I mean, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of cameos.
2: I'm in the movie, too! <laughs> Who remembers... Video home system. Huh? All right, let me try this again. Remember VHS, Yeah, that ancient tech that beat out Betamax in the original home video format war, even though beta had better quality? Honorable mention for Laserdisc, I guess. Our VHS collection, for years, we would, and many still, display with the pride of a hunter showing off mounted deer heads. You know, a good chunk are still in the shrink wrap. Come on, admit it. You know it was more about acquiring those out of print and Rare Holy Grails than actually enjoying them. (sighs) Heaven forbid. I own the OG Star Wars trilogy on every tape release, then DVD, then Blu-ray, then 4K. And I know I'm not alone. Some people have the uh, scene compilation film reels from A New Hope when it was just known as Star Wars in either, what, 8 millimeter, 16 millimeter, But I digress. When you'd record a show or a movie on your VHS with a, one of those tapes there, you'd have that inner struggle of picking 2-hour speed, 4-hour speed, or 6-hour speed. You don't want to cram as much content onto one tape at the expense of quality. Long before Best Buy, I want to say they were known as an electronics retail chain called Federated. And that is where my family got our first VCR. It was a Panasonic And it was $900. I remember that. This was around 1984, 85-ish. Most movies were not priced to sell back then. Unless you wanted to pay like $100 for a tape with no special features. In the early days of Suncoast Motion Picture Company, they would show off those first-run movies. I remember seeing Empire Strikes Back in its very first VHS release. Retail price, $100. But thankfully, the rental market took off and soared for many years. Hence, Blockbuster and everybody's Friday night ritual of rushing to grab the new releases before succumbing to some lame direct-to-video knockoff. Now, even though VHS is a dead format, many collectors cling to their copies. There is a market for everything, after all. A first-print VHS copy of the original Terminator came out in 1985 from Thorn EMI Video. I remember seeing this at Federated on the shelf. But anyway, a first-print edition hit the auction block recently and net $32,500. Not shrink-wrapped. Yeah, open. And not even in perfect shape. I wonder if that new owner will play it. You know, how many times was it rented? Or is it even playable? And if it is, how amazing would it be to soak in that awesome 480 standard deaf bliss? Someone show this guy what a 4K video could look like straight out of your pocket. Your phone, give it to me now. Pocket-Lint.com has posted a list of the 39 most obsolete technologies that will baffle modern generations. The Gen Xer in me is saying, back in my day, after scoping these all out, here's some of the highlights. You want to see kids look at you like a caveman looked at fire for the first time? Tell them we had public telephones. Yeah, you had to pay to use these with coins. And then, wow, rotary phones or wired landlines. My grandma had a rotary phone, but my folks had push button in the 70s, and this was decades before cordless, so do kids even know cordless phones nowadays? Some baby boomers still clamor for dumb phones, the ones that just simply make calls. Those Nokias that could withstand a 10,000-foot drop from an airplane and carry a charge for days. Christ Dallas Howard's heels in Jurassic World must have been made of Nokia phones, the way she ran through that flick. And before text messages, we would all annoy the crap out of each other with pagers or beepers. Boy, that was a social status symbol before smartphones, even though they were first built in the 50s. There were actual pager stores that popped up all over with different colors and styles. PDA didn't just stand for public display of affection. Nope, the personal data assistant. Think the predecessor to the modern smartphone. Anyone still rocking some floppy disks? Yeah, whip out that dozen disk collection of Photoshop from the 90s. Each one storing less than 2 megabytes of data. (laughs) Overhead projectors. Yeah, the precursor to today's PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, school's are all about the analog back in the day. Nowadays, we're all guilty of not knowing many, if any, phone numbers as smartphones have made us dumb and dependent. But back when dinosaurs roamed the Earth, we had those gigantic newsprint phone books. After all, that's how the Terminator found Sarah Connor. Imagine a world before flat screens. Yes, the CRT, cathode ray tube TVs. And then the big large screen TVs in the 80s. It would take like a small moving team or a forklift to just to lift them because they're so massive and heavy. And there wasn't even a remote control. Initially, on cathode ray tubes. You'd have to get up and physically click a knob to switch channels. Or if you had kids, just have them do it for you. Shows were broadcast over the airwaves. There was no internet, there's no streaming. So you need little rabbit ear antennas. And you have to stand at just the right spot of your living room. Otherwise, every channel's ridden with static. There were three networks back in the day, ABC, NBC, and CBS on the VHF side, which I think is very high frequency. And then there's the UHF band, you know, like the Weird Al movie, ultra high frequency, and there'd be a bunch of independent stations. Smart home, smart home. How about a clapper? Clap on, clap off the clapper. From infomercial hell to best-selling trend, this sound-activated device could turn lights or other devices on and off just by clapping. Again, a good reason to have kids. Clap your hands and have them do the things for you. Thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy, today's generations know about Sony Walkman and even the Zune. But man, rocking out to portable cassettes or even listen to the radio on the go, I'm the king of the world! Yeah, You'd put in the cassette and sometimes there'd be a few beeps letting you know the music was about to start. I distinctly remember that with my copy of Iron Maiden, Peace of Mind. Then Compact Disc Drop, which I hear are kind of making a comeback. We all had to rebuy our music again from cassette and vinyl albums and for some 8-track. And then you'd have those big binders to keep your disc in plastic sleeves, and they would practically melt in your car over the summertime. And the portable CD players, or even the ones in your car, would skip over the slightest bump. Did you ever own a Laserdisc player? I never did. I had some friends who did, and uh, yeah, there was definitely better quality than a VHS or even Betamax. And the Laserdisc was very appealing because they looked like vinyl records. So big artwork... And there was even special features on there, like exclusive audio commentaries, years before DVD. The downside... You would have to flip the thing over after so many scenes. You only fit so much information on a side. So then they invented Laserdisc players that could do the flipping for you, like they had lasers on both sides of the machine, but you still have to wait a few seconds for that to kick in. So you couldn't watch a movie from start to finish without some sort of interruption. 1997, the world saw its first DVD player. I got one that first year, man. I, I was psyched for that technology, man. A Samsung. It cost me 550 bucks. The first disc I bought was mark attacks. I thought for sure the sub versus dub anime arguments would go away, seeing as you could have multiple languages all on the same disc. With that uptick in video quality, the mass movie collection upgrade started with people dumping their VHS tapes by the thousands at buy-sell-trade video stores, and then Blu-ray came out. There wasn't an instant embrace, in fact there was another format war with HD DVD. But Sony was smart. They built a Blu-ray player into the PlayStation 3, and then BAM instant install base. But bye HD-DVD. I still actually have the Xbox HD-DVD drive and some discs. Those are nice paperweights and coasters. Back in my DJ days in the 90s, the mini-disc player slash recorder, the MD Walkman, came out from Sony. Each blank disc could hold up to 45 hours of audio. I used it for uh, interviews when we're out and about. At cons, I would record people like Anthony Daniels doing what's called a liner for radio stations. You know, like, this is C-3PO, and you're listening to Radio Disney. Oh, my. And then I'd go back to the studio and process it to sound more droid-like. I had audio IDs for Radio Disney from Ray Park, and uh, I talked to Ben Chapman, who was one of the original Gillmen from the old-school Creature from the Black Lagoon. Audio quality was, like, spectacular. And I think some albums came out in mini disc MD format, but I just don't remember them ever taking off. Who needs a disc? Remember Dot Matrix? No, not the character from Spaceballs. Those super slow, super loud printers. You would keep your parents up all night printing out your research papers. Back in the day, there was no Google to look up info. You had to go to a, like a physical library. Those are still around, right? Or, or did your folks plunk down a lot of coin to have Encyclopedia Britannica? They looked all distinguished on your bookshelf, but no one would ever use them. And the info would be out of date before the next year anyway. So, uh, yeah, you could kindle a fire for a long time with them, I suppose. Hundred years from now, you'll be able to access all the media in the world with some sort of neural implant. At least if Elon Musk has anything to say about it. But before everyone freaks out about, you know, AI technology taking over humanity and all that, there actually is a good use case for these microchips helping paralyzed victims. Just a couple years ago, Philip O'Keefe, a motor neuron disease sufferer, had a microchip implanted in his brain, and he actually tweeted. There were no keystrokes or voice. He composed the tweet just by thought.
1: Conspiracy here.
2: Oh, looky Lou. It's our resident conspiracy theorist.
1: You're about as sharp as a bag of wet mice. You know that? Of course I know who I am. Yeah, but
2: the audience doesn't
1: necessarily know who you are.
2: Oh. Anyway, conspiracy uh what do you want?
1: Very interesting subject, Herbert. Yeah, it is. I ever tell you that you should be one of those sign spinners on street corners? Hey, those guys have a lot of talent. Yeah, so does my great grandfather. Yeah. He used to juggle chainsaws in his sleep. <laughs> Well, that's a thing. Anyway, you know how we just recently celebrated Tuesday, the second month, 22nd day of the 22nd year, blah, 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 blah? Yeah, two
2: twenty-two twenty-two. 22 22
1: All the numbers together look like a row of ducks. Yeah, I, I, I guess it does. And you know what that means? No. It means eminent alien invasion. They will fill the skies disguised as ducks. Is it duck season? Worse. Wabbit season. What's your precious Nerdalink gonna do about it? I
2: don't know, man. We're on a spaceship. There's aliens on board and...
1: Holy Herb Alpert on a hoverboard! What? I knew it! They're already here.
2: Huh? The duck
1: alien overlords. <laughs> Run for your lives! <laughs> uh, but first, can I read the words of wisdom to close this episode?
2: Yeah, sure. No problem, Ken. Go, go right ahead. No matter
1: what anyone tells you, your instincts are always right. Unless you're an idiot.
2: <laughs> All right, stick a fork in there. We're done. If you like this podcast, tell your friends. Make sure to enjoy the enhanced features of the Intergalactic Boombox podcast with the Podcasting 2.0 app, totally free from newpodcastapps.com. Until next time, I am out of here.